It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, the Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. This is Access Atlanta. Every week, we share some of the best places to eat, play, and live out loud in the ATL. And, of course, we go behind the scenes and find the stories that show Atlanta is one of a kind. Welcome to Access Atlanta. I'm your host, Shane Harrison. We've changed the way we do our podcast. That means we're recording it remotely from our homes, but we've also changed what we're talking about in the podcast, since we've always prided ourselves on providing guidance on things to do in and around Atlanta, and because most venues, theaters, and attractions are closed, we're going indoors, and in some cases where it's practical, outdoors to places where it's easy to practice social distancing. The biggest music artists of all time typically have dozens of hits in their portfolio, often so many that they can't play all of them in concert. But sometimes artists are so popular that radio plays their singles and fans buy them because of unyielding devotion, not artistic genius. The diehard fans might love them all, but the rest of us see things a little differently. AJC music writer Melissa Ruggieri and radio and TV talk blogger Rodney Ho recently compiled a list of their least favorite songs from a sampling of some major artists, and they're here to talk about this very contentious list. Welcome, Melissa. Hello, Shane. And welcome, Rodney. Hey, Shane. Shane, so, I, I told you this this story was actually influenced by you when right? Rodney and I did another podcast with you a few months ago that you brought up the fact that I think it was uh, Chuck Berry's My Dingaling was yes. such an awful song by such a good artist. And that kind of got us thinking, huh, well, there must be others out there if we think about oh, yeah. all the bad songs from all these big popular artists. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there it's like even even the list that you came up with just is the tip of the iceberg. Oh, of course, <laughs> yeah, that's only 12 artists. We could have done 50, of course. Yeah, I, that's the thing. I mean, even even people, you know, I, I adore their songs that that, you know, uh, I just I skip them every time, yeah. you know, and sometimes they do tend to be the most popular ones. I, I mean, at least for yeah. me, with a few of them, with Prince, especially, which I've already heard about from lots of people of how sacrilegious oh, yeah. it was that I chose Purple Rain. But I'm sorry. I hate that song. That I always have. Come on. <laughs> I knew it was coming and it was totally fine and expected. But hey, it's that's my opinion. That's and yeah. we made it pretty clear that these are our opinions here right this is not a yeah this is not a scientific process by any stretch right well it's sort of a, a familiarity breeds contempt kind of thing where you know something gets overplayed and you know there was a time where i think i liked hotel california that is not the case anymore i never like that song happily, day one happily live without hearing that ever again in my life 
and, and, and it sort of bled over into all of the Eagles. It's like, if I hear the Eagles come on the radio, I turn it. And there was a time where I loved them. That was a long yeah, time but ago. All their hits are overplayed, it seems like. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, yeah, any <laughs> 70s radio station, it's like, if you don't hear an Eagle song within an hour, something's wrong. It's sort of the same with Zeppelin too. That yeah. you know, when you when you think back to when Zeppelin was doing their thing, of course it was innovative and brilliant and no one had heard, you know, right. rock quite like this. But then the fact that we've all heard it so many times, you start to lose any appreciation you may have had for their music. And right. like my hu my husband used to work in rock radio and he is now at the point that if any Zeppelin he hears the gu first guitar strains of a Zeppelin song and he's Get that off the radio. <laughs> well, just, it's so weird. They, listen to it. <laughs> they didn't really get played that much on the radio. Contemporaneously, oh, yeah, on top forty radio, they yeah. didn't get a lot. Yeah, I think rock radio even ignored them to some extent, and then they eventually yeah. just, you know, took it up. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah late night FM, you might hear it, but right. but yeah. But yeah. then those classic rock stations came along and decided yeah. to play 40 of their songs 40 times a day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's true. It's true. Well, um, so we uh, we have a list and uh, I guess we should uh, we just go in order of our. our yeah, we can picks. we can talk about each one as we go. And uh, so what, well, what's up? Well, What's let's start with, well, let's, well, let's start with this, actually. Rodney and I did have several extended text conversations about which artists to choose also, right. because as you know, you know, there are dozens of artists that have had numerous hits. Yeah, we didn't include chosen. the Eagles. That was one of the possibilities. Right. Or, <laughs> of course. Or, or Led Zeppelin. Yeah, 70s acts that could have been included for sure. Uh, and we wanted to include some current people, which is why Maroon 5 and Rihanna are on there. And, and also as a parting gift to me, Rodney allowed uh, Maroon 5 to be there so I could have my final say <laughs> what I think right. about Maroon 5. Look, uh, yeah, I, I know you're, you're generally a pretty kind, you know, critic, relatively speaking. I, there are yeah. a lot crueler ones out there. So mm -hmm. what's funny is that we're leaving on, you're leaving on this note, which is hilarious <laughs> to me. <laughs> <laughs> dropping the mic on my dropping way out the, the door. mic on yeah. adam levine <laughs> on adam levine it's right that's yeah. right well i i have to say that i am i concur wholeheartedly with with <laughs> all of the the maroon five dissing that 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 takes place i don't mind them so i'll call, shoot them i mean i didn't mind them at first but they they quickly wore out their welcome it's another one of those things and 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 adam levine specifically and the thing is that they, they're such a weird case because they were they were not doing that well. And then suddenly he got the job on the voice yes. and, and, and that song came out, which we will talk about. And, and the two of those converged to make them a thing again. That's right. And I will for, forever not like the voice. Because <laughs> Fortunately, he's not, he's not a, a coach anymore on the voice. Right. But, but yet, but yet they still find ways to to make it onto radio. Oh my gosh! Yeah, they've got current hits current right artists. now. Yeah. yeah, they've got hits on the radio right this second. And yeah. there's something admirable about the ability to maintain your popularity and appeal to a new generation. Well, that's yeah. it because they're they're aligning themselves with these like Megan The Stallion and you know people who might not have heard of Maroon Five who listen to her are now going, oh, who's this Maroon Five? And right. then they're going to check out the rest of their catalog and be sorely disappointed. But yeah, yeah. 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 and I heard it debuted in 2002. It's astonishing how long yeah. they've been around. <laughs> yeah, it's a long time. And I heard the clip of the um, the song they did with Stevie Nicks too. The, uh, mm -hmm. Today, earlier today, mm -hmm. it was on a podcast I was listening Inescapable. to. Inescapable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was I was not impressed, but you know, 
That's yeah. Well, they have so many songs that Rodney and I are big fans of Beach Shazam. We actually even tried out a couple of years ago to be on Beach Shazam and they had a whole Maroon 5 category a couple of weeks ago. Yes. There were two songs. There were two songs in that category. Memories, I think, was one. I can't remember the other, but I didn't even know. Like one I, more I, night or something. All, some of them sound their so songs like all blend. Right. They all blend together. Somebody, and daylight, I'm like, payphone. I can't differentiate. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, is Daylight and Payphone the same song? I think they are. <laughs> But forget about them for a minute. Let's go to Madonna. Okay, All right, we start with Madonna. All right, you, you. It's funny how many movie songs we ended up picking, but you start. That's true, and you know, a friend of mine who was commenting on our story today made the comment that she thought "American Life" was the worst Madonna song, and I said, you know, that actually was a very strong contender. I was kind of going back and forth between those two. I felt like "Die Another Day" was a bigger hit, though, and we were trying to you know, pick things that people would certainly know because they had heard it a bazillion times. So I, yeah, Die Another Day, you know, there've been a lot of really good James Bond theme songs, and this was just not one of them. And even though, you know, and most of those good James Bond theme songs came prior to 2000. And then, you know, the early part of the century when Madonna, I think, had the first one of the century, it was this. And you kind of went, eh, I don't know. There's, there's no, there's no hope to it. There's really, it's just very, that that clip cloppity electronic type thing, which I guess she thought would sound cool with James Bond and futuristic and you know that kind of thing, but I just it's always left me cold. She's, that always, song. Not, she's, not she's always trying to be with it, right? She's always trying to stay modern, right? Right, yeah. and sometimes it works, and lots of times it doesn't. And I give her credit for trying most of the time, but this one just I, I it's just a song that it's kind of instantly forgettable to me, even 20, 22 years even, later or twenty years it. later. <laughs> Right. Well, right. And it's, it's interesting that, I mean, that came not too long after music, I believe. Like, yeah, right. Um, but music which, was good. Which was good. Was yeah, that. <laughs> I think that was the last Madonna album that, that I actually really liked. Even, even so, though I picked a song I'm, from the music album that I just thought was just the dullest piece of gunk. So I'm sorry, don't tell me. It just doesn't do it for me at all. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. It's just like, it, I never liked it from day one. And I was like, I never understood why it got so much airplay on the radio. It was not for a couple of years, I couldn't stop hearing it. I couldn't. See, well, I, what... I, that one didn't bother me quite as much as some of her other hits. And and then, you know, and we have this with several of our artists that, you know, you like the song much better than oh, yeah, I, this, uh, my picks. Boring. And, and I, you know. Madonna yeah. isn't meant to be boring. So why would she, I don't know. I never got it. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not a highlight of the album, I would say, but, but yeah. It's, it was a big hit. <laughs> yeah, it was a big hit. So it was her cow, yes. cowgirl phase. <laughs> yeah, her, yes, it was. Yeah. And and I mean, she's had so many that, that you know, because she's had such a long yeah, career. Genre jumping. Yeah, she's very big on jumping yeah. genres. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, let's move on to Prince. Uh, okay. and, and I, I, I was ducking as I was writing this because I know that it is indeed sacrilegious to say anything bad about Purple Rain, the album, or especially the song. But I've never liked that song. Period. I mean, when that album came out and you know, and I listened to it over and over and over again, that, that song I skipped every single time when I hear it now, after he first died and they were playing it ad nauseum on satellite radio, radio stations, whatever. I just think it's boring. I think it's slow. I think it's plotting. I, I, the guitar solo at the end drives me crazy on record. Live is another story because experiencing things live there's a certain energy that yeah. goes along with that but i you know i know for most people this is like the the prince gospel but for me it's just been a song i think is not his best <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean i i do like it a lot I, but i mean you know the album is not certainly not my favorite prince album by a long shot but you know that's it's that you know and, and i think a lot of people that's the only one they really know right. The album. I mean, because every song on that 
you know, it seems like every song on that. Yeah, they had seven top 10 hits out of that album or something. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Even even the non-hits people heard. Yeah. Darling Nikki. Come on. Darling Nikki. Yeah. Every, everybody knew Darling Nikki for one reason. Or yeah. Another. That was very <laughs> risque in 1984. Yes. And now you listen to it and you're like, really? This was the song that everybody had such a big problem about? Have you listened to a rap song lately? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I find that that's not an album I go back to, to listen to it. Yeah. yeah I, no, I, it's I, like, I had to listen to Sign of the Times before that myself. Yeah. Sign oh, of the Times is, is an I amazing album. Yeah. Sign of the Times yeah. is awesome. And, yeah. and so, so is Dirty Mind. Yeah, I was going to say, even the pre-Purple Rain yeah. albums were, were fantastic. Mind, Controversy, those yeah. are two of my favorites. I Because I, Controversy, I think, was the first one I actually got when it came out. That, that, That's when he was I, funky. Uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, Rodney, Rod, Rodney went movie side. Yeah, I, 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 I had one, one that, that annoyed me in 1989 and still annoys me today. I think it just <laughs> felt like, okay, he's sticking random clips of Jack Nicholson in the, from the movie into this song. Well, I, I, it, I didn't quite get it as a song. It, it felt very gimmicky to me. And, and I figured it would never get played again after the movie went away. And it really hasn't. Nobody plays that song for any particular reason yeah. that I know of. I think it became a club hit in a way yeah. because because it's not really a coherent song. I, I hear I hear what you're saying, Rodney. I I, I kind of liked it because of it. It was just a unique Prince offering, and I like the you know I just I like the jaggedness of it. But as an actual song to be heard on the radio, yeah, no, that's not what I want to listen to when I'm driving someplace. No, yeah, and I don't know if we even mentioned what it was. It's Bat Dance. I don't think we. Ever... Oh, sorry. <laughs> yes. oh yeah, that song. That's, um, <laughs> sorry about that. But yeah. Batman, yeah, the yeah. original Batman movie with Jack Nicholson. Yes, right. And it was a club hit. It was, you know, people, they played it in the clubs and that was, you know, I guess, and things always sound different. <laughs> I was going to say, and, and the thing about club hits is that there's usually substances involved when you're in the club. So that's, yeah, that works that's just fine. Yeah. Too. If you're under the influence, that's probably a pretty good song <laughs> right. to dance to. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, our, our, our next artist is really one of my and Rodney's absolute favorites, Billy Joel. Yeah. And even though we hate having to say anything negative about Billy Joel, we could still find things to say. Yeah, we found some Billy songs Joel. from the 80s, I guess. His, his 70s output, it was hard to find anything I, I absolutely really hated. Yeah, me, kind of, same here. And Modern Woman was initially the song I was going to go with. But then I think I heard A Matter of Trust recently, Rodney, which is what made me go, no, you know what? I don't like this one even more than Modern Yeah, I Woman. listened to all three and, of these songs. Yeah, you're, all, you're only human, A Matter of Trust. I listened to all three just to see which one I hated the most. And it was actually only human. So <laughs> go figure. Sorry. And my problem with A Matter of Trust is it was the first time, you know, Billy really wants to be Bruce Springsteen sometimes. And he wanted to play guitar and he wanted guitar to be the focus of the song, not piano. And he plays guitar like I would be playing guitar. Yeah, it's very there's nothing wrong with that. It's very, yeah, very exactly. rudimentary when you're watching him in concert, you know, he's. Yeah, it's, it's like, you know, there's nothing wrong with it when you're me. But when you're Billy Joel, it's like, yeah, no, don't. I mean, don't don't even don't he even try. He in I, concert. I, he always whips out guitar. You, I know. And he sees the guitar, you know, he's playing a matter of trust. You're like, OK. And that's when I go to the bathroom. <laughs> as soon as I see that guitar come out, I'm like, yep, bathroom break. <laughs> Uh, because it's just it's just not a great I don't know I mean he again he was trying to do his Springsteen impression it's got this you know gritty vocal and and but the guitar is just so plodding and it just the song doesn't go anywhere it doesn't for me. sound like and a Springsteen I, song no. at all either <laughs> it doesn't even no it doesn't right exactly it's like just stick to what you do well you do piano stuff well so yeah, yeah that was that was my reasoning there and, and, and yeah. he doesn't play you're only human anymore really in concert so that that song kind of disappeared into the ether <laughs> for a reason i think he even knew that was not a great song it was a good message about you know preventing youth suicide i think he was thinking about it more in terms of messaging than song 
writing. So well, and also, I mean, he he had gone through a phase of his life where he was in a mental institution actually really? and suffered from depression. And and I think that's what he was drawing on when he wrote it. But it was also very much the hey, we're releasing this greatest hits album. We got to stick a new song. Oh, yeah. There. He was forced to, yeah, by contract, <laughs> he had to create a new song on the fly. So that was what well, yeah, they, they always need need a new song to, to Boost get the, the, uh, the diehard fans to uh to purchase it because they've got everything else, exactly, right. exactly. Yeah, and, and as I told Rodney, that song meant a lot to me growing up just because of the age I was and you know what you're going through as a teenager or whatever. But yes, when you listen back to it now, you kind of go, Yeah, this is not really a great song. <laughs> yeah, he's another one where it's like, you know, there's a definite cutoff point for me. It's like the 70s stuff I, I really like, and after that, not so much, not even an innocent man. <laughs> No, oh no. Yeah. No, yeah. no. I, I actually saw him in 79. So I mean, oh, cool. Yeah, a long oh, time. Four Glass Houses came out. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yes. It was, it was, yeah. I think it was, it was it 52nd Street, maybe? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Street. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was around that time. And uh, yeah, I really like everything up until about then. A lot of so. people yeah, have definitely. that cutoff point. Glass House. I was gonna say definitely more 70s stuff for most of us i think with with billy although you know 84 with an innocent man i liked a lot of his innocent man i like his i I like some of that i like some of it i mean i like some of this you know there are songs here and there that i like i like allentown um yeah that was a serious album yeah yeah the nylon curtain yeah yeah Um, yep so yeah I, I like I, I like things here and there after that. I think. Yeah, Stormfront didn't do a lot for me, and, yeah. and River of Dreams definitely didn't do it's a lot for me. So. Very good um, <laughs> Only except for the except for the Cindy Lauper duet. I like the Cindy Lauper duet just because I love because I love Cindy so much. Yeah. And, and you know this is this is the time when you hear it in a certain context at a certain point in your life. You know sometimes that song can touch me in in a certain way, but not the album in general. No, not really. <laughs> All right. All right. Who's next? Our, our, our his, his our piano team, partner, our time Buckhead resident, Elton John. Yeah. Uh, yes. yes. Is he still? I don't I mean, even he know. He still has a place here. I don't know how much time he spends yeah. here. Five days a year. Who the heck knows how little he spends in Atlanta now? Yeah. Well, you know, my problem with the Elton John song I chose, which is Crocodile Rock, it really goes back to being a concert reviewer and critic for 20 something years because I've seen Elton in concert. I don't, I mean, I've seen Billy close to 60 times. I've seen Elton probably 40. I mean, he, he's wow, not really far behind. Insane. And most of Elton has been more work-related, although I love Elton, whereas Billy, I started a little earlier just as, as a fan. Um, I probably didn't start going to see Elton until maybe the mid to late eighties, but, but I would always just be surrounded by these suburban soccer moms and I know I'm going to insult people when I say this and I don't mean it like this but it's the kind of song that it's like a, almost like a karaoke song that everybody wants to sing along with and they really can't yeah. <laughs> and and anytime that he would play this song I couldn't even concentrate on what he was doing on stage because the noise around me from everybody else just drowned everything out yeah and it was just so it was just cheesy and and just stupid and it just got to the point after 10 years of this of being annoyed every time he would start to play it and you know it's just uh, I, I I get it people are enjoying themselves in concert but it completely has ruined the song for me even when I can't even listen to it on the radio now because I just hear that first la 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 and I was like, no, no, <laughs> out done you'd listen to Island done. Girl before that right I would listen to Island Girl before that, as a matter of fact. Yes, and that that really should be a contender for one of Elton's yeah. not great songs. Well, that would be yeah, top in Island Girl, but yeah, it's not. It's it's it doesn't really um, it doesn't seem quite 
politically correct anymore. No, it's just not. No. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Things. Some things. Yeah, are are very much of their time, and that that song was. Yes. Yes. But then Elton had his big comeback, which you know, with Broadway related songs that and movie related yeah, songs that Rodney hated. I, all I, of them. I just didn't, didn't <laughs> oh, get I, into yeah. the whole Lion King stuff. Yeah, all that stuff was just. It was the ADR. I think he actually tested out one of those uh, musicals here in Atlanta, didn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Well, Aida, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I just I could not stand Can You Feel the Love Tonight or or Circle of Life. I had to decide which one I hated more. So I chose I chose the more popular one just to be uh contrary and annoy people. Yeah. We're trolling which, which them anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Can you feel the love tonight? Is that yeah? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. it's pretty it's pretty saccharine. Now, now Rodney, even with a young daughter, that that's not gonna sway your <laughs> feeling yeah, about she the song. Really get into Lion King, not her thing. So. <laughs> For some reason she likes all the cars movies, which a lot of critics hate. So go figure. <laughs> that's my kind of girl. Cars one, two, and three. Yep, that's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and you know, we I think there's another artist we get to down here that the ballad, uh, a couple of their ballads were not either of our favorites, no, no. but uh, but 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 first we have Michael Jackson and I gotta say it, Michael and Whitney were two of my harder ones to come up with the song that I really just don't want to hear but, again I, by I them because because right. you know yeah it's like they have some songs that I'm tired of but I would never say they were a bad song and looking over Michael's hit list of you know whether you have two dozen, yeah, you went dozen for a hits song or something that wasn't that big of a hit relative it wasn't a huge hit here it was a huge hit worldwide okay and here i think it, it only got to you know the, the, i don't know the 20 40 42 yeah 42 on the charts blood on the dance floor is and it came from that album that he did with teddy riley in the late 90s blood on the dance floor history in the mix when he was releasing that history album yeah. and everything and he kind of went into new jack swing territory which just felt forced to me and you know teddy riley is certainly a very good producer and and i could see what he was trying to bring to the song but having michael kind of integrate himself into that sound it really did not work for me and it's one of those songs that even when i listened back to it when writing this story i i went oh god yeah i totally forgotten about this song for good reason because it's really just not it's just not very good and then you know it and that was Michael's, he had written the song actually for in 1991. It was supposed to go on the Dangerous album and it just didn't make it for some reason. So the lyrics are also very Michael Jackson-esque for that time period where he was the victim of tabloids and backstabbers and oh, poor me. And, you know, everybody wants to take my picture because I'm a famous guy kind of thing. And that that whole thing wore thin with me, with him anyway, because, you know, you kind of it's you kind of want to say, well, you kind of signed up for this and yeah, it sucks, but such as life other other artists deal with it so you yeah. deal with it too so that was that was my pick yeah my my i guess my baddest song for me was from bad so it was dirty diana which i think was like the fourth <laughs> or fifth single off that album um because i actually like the other stuff off the other singles off that album more or less um but that song never i, I could never get into that song ever <laughs> dirty the, the thing about dirty, dirty diana was such a blatant attempt to repeat beat it mm-hmm. um, oh with a guitar was, solo yeah, it was it, it it really struck me as it's like, OK, we're in the studio. We need another beat it. So that's what we're going to do. And that's yeah, who did that, the that, guitar work on that again. It was uh, was it Steve Stevens. Yeah, I think so. Was, was, it, it, Billy, was it Billy Idol's yeah, guitar? Billy Idol's guitarist. Yeah, I think he was, I can't remember, yeah. but that, that sounds reasonable. <laughs> Let's just tell people that. I was reading up on it earlier. That sounds right. So, yeah, uh, it, it well, could be. 
And you know, all I think about when I, yeah, it's Steve Stevens. All I think about when I hear Dirty Diana or all I can envision is just one of those poses of Michael Jackson with his arms outstretched and the wind tunnel <laughs> hitting him. And I oh, don't yeah. know why, for some reason, every time I hear that song, that, that's all I think about. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah that's, it's like, I, I Michael Jackson, so, I mean, after, I, Bad, Bad has some decent mm -hmm. stuff on it. And just sort of after that, it's like, I, I can't listen to it. And you know, and, but there's stuff. There's stuff before too. Basically, anything you did with Paul McCartney, I have no time for. <laughs> that girl is not yours, is it? No, you nope. said that one and say say, 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 say. Did say, not say say say. Yeah, <laughs> well, that was a terrible video that. too. Say say say. My goodness. Yeah, ah. yeah, it, not, yeah. Not as bad as Mick Jagger and David Bowie doing. No, that was worse. Days in the streets. But, yeah. but yeah, it's that, yeah, it's close. I know. I, although I, the thing I like about looking at say 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 video now is just how young and adorable Paul McCartney was. <laughs> In that video he was really peak paul right around then yeah. <laughs> and he, i mean he was he wasn't that young man i guess no no he wasn't i mean he's, he's hadn't been in his late 40s probably yeah, been yeah. around for 20 years yeah business so right right yeah no but he i you know i just thought he was cute in the video but not that has nothing to do with the song so yeah. <laughs> uh wait so whitney go so again another kind of hard pick but then you know once once i kept seeing her list of hits again and then one moment in time just sort of kept jumping out at me as yeah, I hate this song. <laughs> and I love an anthem. I mean, Rodney will tell you. I mean, I, I love cheesy songs. I love big booming anthems. I have no problem with any of that. And that's exactly what this song was made to do because she recorded for the 1988 Summer Olympics. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it says all the right things. It's about inspiration and attaining your dreams and blah, 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 blah. No, done. Don't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and, and of course, Whitney could sing it. Whitney could sing anything. And it has nothing to do with like her vocal ability or, or anything like that. But, but if I have to pick a Whitney song, because as I said, it was a little challenging. That is definitely the one that I just don't ever want to associate or hear from Whitney again. <laughs> By the way, I think I made a mistake. The movie's called The Bodyguard. I think there was a call on a movie called My Bodyguard. <laughs> oh yeah, you did. That's right. That's a different thing. Thing. My Bodyguard. We'll My apology. Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't know that. I didn't even. I didn't even notice that. I, I read the story like now. five times. I'm like, oh wait a second, it's not my bodyguard, is it? <laughs> yes, my bodyguard was a different movie, but we'll 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 fix that. <laughs> Sorry, uh, but anyway, yeah, I I don't know that that song uh, is just for whatever reason I, I can never quite understand how that song worked in my brain. It just never hit me <laughs> properly, right. and then I kept hearing it again and again as an Idol cover, American Idol. People kept covering it over and over again. And I, I could, and that made me hate it even more. So I think I think that was probably a big part of it for you because the when people tried to on Idol and those talent shows try to do these big Whitney songs and diva songs and they really can't. Right. And I mean, you know, you think of like Carrie Underwood doing Alone, that was a whole different story compared to the upstarts that you're, oh, you know, sure, you're the second on, on the early rounds and the second round of Idol or something. Right. And yeah, and it just, it does something to these songs that you forget about how good they may have been from the original. Yeah, she had better ballads in my mind. I mean, she did plenty of I agree. songs. That, that one just came and went out of my brain. I mean. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm not a, a huge fan of that song either. Um, so then, then we went a little more contemporary with Taylor Swift, <laughs> who, who, you know, I, I like most of Taylor's stuff. I, I really don't have too many Taylor songs that I kind of go, nope, don't want to hear this. Change no, the station, I mean, whatever. It holds up very well. A lot of her songs hold up really well over the years. Yeah, they, they have. And I, I went with the more recent song from her album a couple albums ago, um, 
<laughs> it's really just because I hate the word lover. It's one of those words that when I hear it, it makes me cringe. It skews me out. Well, SNL made so, a whole skit out of it. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. it, it, you know, there are a few other words like that that I, I just, I they they make me recoil because they're, I just yeah, find them I icky and gross. You and, never use that phrase with your husband ever. It, no. Oh love, my God. Guaranteed. And then what? And then when you hear when you hear people talk about if they're dating someone or whatever, well, he's my new lover. Oh, oh but, yeah, that is hard. Uh, no, yeah, please. just saying it now. <laughs> I mean, so, and and when I and when when she released the album, I I, I kind of went, really? Do you need to call it this? And then when I heard the song, and she does that breathy cooey thing really well, but when it's you know attached to the word lover, I just yeah can't just can't do it. Baddie. Can't do it. Yeah, it just did. Just did. <laughs> it's funny. I guess you mentioned Blood on the Dance Floor, Michael Jackson. I guess um, Taylor's version of it is Look What You Made Me Do, right? That was just one of her <laughs> songs about just complaining about being famous, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and also Kanye West, I think, too. Yeah. And I, yeah. Again, the, the electro pop thing just didn't really do it for me in that one. It felt shapeless. The whole song didn't feel like a song. You know, it just felt like a, you know, a mission statement, a, a complaint. I don't know. <laughs> I like I that omission statement. Yeah, something like that. So I was like, okay, it's going to come and go quickly, and it did. So no, nobody, nobody touches that one anymore. Probably, she mm. doesn't even do it in concert. I, I'd be shocked if she did. You know, I can't well, remember actually the last time I saw her. She may have done, you know, like a snippet of it as a segue into another song type of thing. But I'd have to go back and and look at the set list. Well, she has such an extensive catalog now that you know that's there's no way she could do it all. And so yeah, there certainly. Lots of things that would fall by the wayside. Well, and that did come from her vindictive Taylor phase where she had the red motif and the snakes and everything <laughs> else that surrounded that. Cause you know, she, and then, and then she blossomed into the next album of being all colorful and happy and all that kind of stuff. So and now she know. seems much more contemplative contemplative and yes wearing cardigans in, in the yeah. woods she, she's doing she's in her Joni Mitchell phase <laughs> right now, yeah. as I call it I mean and, and cranking it, out the albums too really I mean she very that, productive that during the pandemic feel, yes seriously I mean I thought we worked hard over the pandemic trying to keep things on track but then you know someone releases two albums in the span of seven months and you go yeah okay now I feel lazy thanks Taylor yeah of course <laughs> and I have to mention that it took forever to get the vinyl because I ordered it on oh vinyl. really Look forever. It's like you know, you can you can listen to it all you want on streaming, but yeah, you order the vinyl that when they released it, and it was six months later before you ever got six it. Six wow. months. Wow, it that's that's was kind about of... that long. I, I I can't remember exactly, but it was like wow, this took well, a long time. Well, I hope that means a lot of people were ordering it, and that's why that it was maybe. You know, but I think they just planned it that way. Yeah, ordering because and plus it's like they had like 12 different covers I think right it, that's right that's right it was yeah. insane and, and different different vinyl colors and it was it was like uh it, <laughs> it was it was a way to get into the pockets of the diehard fans and it's like I I, I and how I'm not they, yeah how much did they charge you 30 dollars or something yeah. oh it, I think so something like that yeah, yeah a vinyl cost yeah, 30 now I, yeah it, it's weird I actually ordered two two different ones mm -hmm. because the shipping was so much that, but if you reached like fifty dollars, I think it was free. So it's like, well, you know, might as well get two albums. Why not? And then later on, if somebody wants this one, exactly, I could, you know, get rid of that because I, I really don't need but the one. You could sell it on eBay to a Swifty that I'm sure would be happy to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah eventually I might. For now, I'm going <laughs> to hold on to it. So I have yeah. two of folklore, you know, and uh, anybody out there is interested. Let me know. <laughs> 
<laughs> just give, 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 shoot Shane an email. <laughs> All right. Uh, Melissa's 80s hair metal love is going to be my boy. Indulge, we are indulging her with this one. So we decided to pick Bon Jovi, of course, right? <laughs> well, but come on. They are a major artist that had a There's lot no of. There's no doubt. I mean, they're, not, no, no. they're not totally misplaced on no, this. No, no. We but... didn't pick Rat or something. No. Right, right. The the poison, you know. Yeah, right. And, 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 I really wanted to do Bon Jovi just to say how much I hate this song, even though I am a huge fan of theirs and have been since the 80s, right. because they're, they're, that early 90s ballad output by them just really made me go, why did I like this band? Were they listening to a lot of Elton John? What were they doing? Uh. I think John decided he wanted to be more of a serious artiste at that point, because that's about the time the Keep the Faith album came out, which is a really which is a really good album. And they did have some more thoughtful songs on there and a little more muscular musical stuff than, you know, maybe the, from, the, you know, the 80s output. But Bed of Roses, I, I that song, it's another song that makes me cringe. And also, I think that that one lyric <laughs> <laughs> when I wake up, I French kiss the morning. I kind of every time I heard it, I'm I like, bet John, what does that mean? John probably <laughs> thought he was being so cool when he came up. So poetic, so poetic. Yes. And, but again, what does that mean? I mean, who who would do that? I mean, it's so yeah. stupid. Hey. It's stupid. It's a it's a bad, boring ballad, and I, I just I, I've always disliked that song at the top of my list. But then, Rodney, your your pick was actually going to be my second. Oh, choice. I know, always. Like, how the hell did that go to? That was a big hit for a brief time mm -hmm. in the middle of all the you know Pearl Jam. It's weird how that hit that became a hit in the middle of all the um, Nirvana Pearl Jam grunge stuff was happening in '94. And that, and, and you give, and again, you kind of give them credit for finding a way onto the charts when I, their music wasn't the fashionable thing at the not time. Not at all. So they 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 managed to wedge their way in for, and then they did. You know, I guess then it was "It's My Life." It took another five years before they had another big hit. But yeah, that one. And I think I think we've neglected to mention again that you're talking about always. Always. So. I apologize for not. Yes. I'm, I'm staring. <laughs> I'm looking on a screen and staring at the title and not saying it out loud. So. Right. Uh, Everyone should know what songs we're talking about. Yeah, well, no, we should just well, get, you probably guess figure it out by context. context. Yeah, <laughs> right. but always, yeah. It, it's interesting. It's like I'd never thought about how uh, you know you mentioned that they had this sort of power ballad phase. It sort of mirrors what Heart did from seventies to eighties. That's true. Yeah, they did it from eighties to nineties, and it's yep. like, yeah, because I can't stand power ballad Heart. Power yeah. Ballad, well, well Brian Adams, all, all he did was power ballads <laughs> in the nineties, right? <laughs> Did he, yeah, did he, no, I mean, hey, they they were they were big business, and and you know, and John Bon Jovi has always been a savvy marketer, uh, you know, along with everything else musically. But he probably you know felt like this was a good thing to tap into, just like you know, getting Jennifer Nettles to sing on "Who Says You Can't Go Home" and crossing over into country. I mean, you know, he's he's done some really smart things. I with those two ballads though, and and always I'm, I'm also he, the, the vocal delivery. I'm surprised he didn't enjoy <laughs> join Sting, Rod Stewart, and Brian Adams for that. Must three musketeer song. Yes, they could have just <laughs> oh. had everybody join them on that one. We we should have we should have had that song in there, Rodney, as an honorable mention, even though we didn't pick any of those specific artists, which we could have just as well, a horrible song worse, in general by three worse, big artists. Worst, uh, I guess. I guess. I, what, what do you call those? The contributing ones where famous people or, or big artists uh, work together. Oh, features. Features. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. 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 I know. I know. There are many of those. Uh, well, staying in the 80s, we moved on to Def Leppard, and this is sort of, you know, like very controversial for Prince. Yeah, you know, look, pour some sugar on me. It's just not a good song. I don't care what anybody says. I, I mean, I'm sure it works great in the strip clubs. I wouldn't know. But and, 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 and back, in, back in the day, 
it's certainly, you know, it's always a fun song in concert because, and maybe my crocodile rock theory holds true with this a little bit too. Everyone is just singing along with it and oh annoying gosh. me. But I, I just, and I like Mutt Lang and I like, you know, and I love Def Leppard and I love a lot of the production that he did on their work. And I love the Hysteria album. And I think it's because there are so many good songs on Hysteria that the fact that this, which was actually the like one of those throwaway songs at the end that they, somebody came up, I can't remember if it was uh, Phil Collins, came up with the hook and sitting in the studio and, you know, Joe Elliott or somebody said, hey, what is that? That sounds really good. And, you know, Mutt heard it and said, what, let's go with this. And they kept going and they came up with Pour Some Sugar on Me. And they just threw it on the album, an album that took several years to make, by the way, uh, at the last minute, because they needed just one more song. And of course it became, you know, one of their it, most familiar It is familiar probably their signature hits. song yeah. now, yes. Yeah, it is. And I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> so there. It's funny, they, they've had, they had like 15 hits by the time 1992 came along and then they did Let's Get Rocked and it felt like a weird compilation of every other song they had ever done put into one really lame song. That's what I felt like when I heard that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> It, it, it is i know i know i've told you i actually really like that song um but i like that song because i think because it is ridiculous and i enjoy singing along with it when no one can hear me if i'm driving or whatever uh but but as far as songcraft goes yes i agree with you rodney it's really not a great song a, yeah it, it's piecing together their previous songs all into one so there you go yeah there there is there is a bit of that yeah and then uh go, go, going back to current world a little bit with rihanna uh rodney and i did not even really have to discuss much that we both kind of came up with the same song at the same moment of work yeah. what what is that song i'm sorry that song has no hook it has no melody it has no form it, has, it sounds like rihanna's just, just very upset about something so she's really not happy <laughs> really kind of peeved uh, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm not and a big again, fan of Drake, so the fact that he contributed was fine with me. So, <laughs> yeah, right, that too. And, but you know, a, a club hit, of course, uh, one of her big hits. Her fans love it in concert, and it's just to me, it's just a a an idea of a song that then became a song and has a really grating. And it's not even a chorus; it's basically her just repeating the word "work" yes. over and over and over in again. Different in different ways, I guess. In different ways, yes. Which I guess makes that acceptable as a song. I, I, I don't know. So. But, yeah. I don't know. Um, you know, yeah. There are you know S and M, Shut Up and Dance. There were a few a few of them I didn't. Or Shut Up and Drive was that what it's called? Shut Up and Drive. Yeah, Shut Up and Dance is. Um, <laughs> that other band. That other oh, band. Yeah, that, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up and dance with me. That's right. <laughs> Nothing to do with Rihanna. Right. No, right. Yeah. So that that was so yeah that was an easy one. We didn't even, you know we were sort of like it's okay if we have one or two that we both agree on and and yeah. even so our next artist was you too and even with that um, uh, we picked two we both picked some big two big big songs <laughs> we picked two big hits but and I I feel the same about Rodney's song as I do the one that I picked which. I picked one, which again, I know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those songs that you're supposed to revere because Bono is singing about important things and that's totally fine. And in concert, I can deal with it, but, and I know it's taken on, you know, many meetings with charitable causes, sort of like with Billy Joel having a good meaning behind this song. This has yeah. a fine meaning behind it. But you didn't like the, the duet the, with Mary J. Blige either? I love Mary J. Blige too, actually. And I've heard her do it just on her own. And, and, I again, it's still not. It's something about the structure of the song, and then the plaintive whining of the of the chorus, and just some things about the so song Bono. that I. It is so Bono, so and Bono. I like Bono sometimes, but it is it is very very Bono, and Bono, yeah. is, Bono has gotten more Bono as the years go by. <laughs> yeah, right. it, it begins to get 
you know, a little much. <laughs> yeah, and this was this was '92, Bono, and and Rodney's just goes back a couple. Oh, I of hit years the big album. I decided for... to go for the first single and just hit it because I, I yeah. for some reason I never really got it. I love a lot of YouTube, but that song I never enjoyed it as a senior in high school, and it still doesn't with do or without me. you. With or without you again, <laughs> my, the title. <laughs> thanks. I'm so good at not mentioning the title. Yeah, uh, with God, I worked in a record store when that came out, and it was. It, I mean, the the interesting thing about With or Without You is that it it really um, sold across, you know, all all types of people. I mean, it didn't matter age, race, everything. It, it people loved that song. The people, the different people that loved that song, where it was such a strange mix. Mm -hmm. um we would get people in you know you would never think we'd buy the same thing buying the same thing it's it was a really it was a unifier is what you're saying we're we're, we're dissing a, a uni two unifying songs yeah, <laughs> no well no i i i can live without it um <laughs> but you know i i can live with most out most uh you two after um about I mean, honestly uh, i could have picked anything the third like album, Zuropa so. or numb i could have picked a bunch of those songs but i, I felt like that was too yeah. obvious to pick their well yeah. stuff so i wanted to pick something that that was basically so well known that i i really didn't like <laughs> and there you go yeah. Yeah. yeah and 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 that was that was the same with yeah. me i mean yeah sure so some of their early 90s stuff certainly uh, is, is ripe for is ripe for but I, hey, I, but, you know me i would pick all of rattle and hum because wow I'm, that's harsh okay like that's, that's pretty bold it, I think that was a, a terrible, it, it was, it was the beginning of the end to me. So. Yeah, that's, that's, although, you know, I, I, I actually have a lot of love for all that you can't leave behind. I know we talked about this last year when I did a yeah. story about something that included that, but, um, but yeah, I, I agree that their output post uh, late eighties was spotty at best. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's, true. that's true. I mean, I love, I love war. I love, I, mm -hmm. I love October. A lot of people don't like October, the second album. And boy. Uh, and boy, I love boy. Um, and I didn't when I first heard it. It's one of those things that when it first came in to the record store, I was working in as a promo and I was like, what is this? And, you know, it's because it, it took a while for it to catch on. And then when it finally did, I heard it somewhere and I was like, oh, that was that band I didn't like. And I was like, <laughs> pretty good. And I was like, yeah, this is pretty good. <laughs> I mean, that happens. There, there, it does. It's like it, it hits you a certain way when you hear it. Um, and then, you know, another time it can hit you completely differently and, you know, all of a sudden you get it. See, Rodney, if I were sticking around, Shane could have just given us another collaboration idea of <laughs> albums, <laughs> albums that you grew to appreciate as you got older, because I'm, I'm sure we both have some Absolutely, of those. Too. Yes. <laughs> yeah, everybody has those. Yeah. All right. So let's segue into Maroon yeah, 5 is, from yeah, talking is, about uh, greatness like you Your grandiose <laughs> farewell to the AJCs to talk about Maroon 5. <laughs> Well, as we said earlier, I hate everything about them. Uh, I, I do not like Adam Levine's voice. I find him nasally and whiny. And, um, and you know, and I hear him, he's on Howard Stern a lot. They're really good friends. And I listen to Howard all the time. And every time he's on Howard Stern, I think he seems like a cool guy. He's played guitar. He's a really good guitar player. I have no reasons to dislike this person other than <laughs> I can't stand his voice and I can't stand his band songs. Yeah, have so, you ever interviewed him? It's yeah. nothing personal. I have not. And you know, maybe that's part of it too, because from the very beginning, they would never do interviews from the very beginning. It didn't matter really? like who, what outlet you were with. Really? They've never allowed, they've never allowed people, they've never allowed press to cover their concerts. They've never allowed photographers. Weird. Their concerts. I never um, knew that. Yeah. They, they, I don't they, think I knew that either. Cause I, I remember yep. they flooded us with promos of the first album. Like there were, yep. you could, you could pick up a promo of their first album on CD 
anywhere because they were they just sent it all to every over. human being at the AJC. I remember they, that too, Shane. Yeah, I remember when they first started, but then once they had those first couple of hits, it was just sort of this press blackout. And you know, I think part of it is that you know, then you hear their songs and you kind of go, Really? So this greatness is what you are trying to prevent me from hearing in concert or <laughs> what? Yeah. But but I just genuinely don't like their songs. I think they all sound the same as we discussed. Uh, it took me, uh, you know, I looked at their their hits and I'm going, okay, I could pick any of these as the song I dislike the most, but I went with Animals because that to me is a complete waste of four minutes of my life. And, you know, between the, the innuendo is sort of this high school level type innuendo with, you know, men and women being animals in, in a sexual sense. And then the, you know, Adam Levine's grating voice on the chorus of that, I, I, it makes my ears bleed. I mean, I just don't, I just don't want to hear any of their stuff ever again, especially that song. Right. Yeah. It just makes me think of uh, the Bloodhound Gang and, and yeah, the Bad Touch. Right. The Bad Touch. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. It just makes me think of that. And, you know, at least that was funny. Yes. So. Right. Right. That was a novelty song. I think that was our, our novelty <laughs> that was song. One was, I think I may pick that. Yes. Yeah, I, I think you did. Yeah. But then, but then like me with Prince, you know, you're kind of going I, I went for, for the big uh, one. The big maroon five. Moves yeah. like Jagger. I like a lot of, I like memories. You know, I like a lot of their songs, but man, that, that one just never, I, I could never yeah. quite connect to that song at all. It just didn't make a lot of sense to me that he was even in the same sentence as Mick Jagger. No, no offense, Adam. <laughs> sorry. Um, and, and, I would agree wholeheartedly with agree with and that. The song yeah, me too. doesn't sound remotely Rolling Stones-ish at all. It doesn't even have you know, it doesn't have any connection to mix Jagger in my brain. So I guess he move like Jagger. You don't sound like him. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah he, he doesn't would, move like Jagger. No. Either, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the video, I guess, has people imitating Jagger. It's really kind of irritating video, too. <laughs> yes. And then and as you pointed out, even having Christina Aguilera on there really does nothing to help. the Oh, song and she in, usually in helps people out. I mean, she's <laughs> right. a good vocalist, but yeah. Yeah, they didn't give her much to do either. She kind of just goes in there and she's gone. And they, yeah, and the whistling. And I, I like whistling in some songs, but man, yeah, the whistling in that song. Ugh. <laughs> it's it's your version of Lover. Oh, uh, yes, it is. <laughs> whistling. Yes. Somebody whistled Lover. We, we would shoot them, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, yes. None of that, please. Yes. God. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so those are, those are our 12. Uh, you know, we certainly could have added many more you know you've got the eagles and rod stewart and led zeppelin and Anybody so rolling stones hits. yeah exactly it's yeah not hard to find yeah although i'm not sure i would have touched the beatles <laughs> i mean i know they have some songs that aren't great compared to their other output but i'm not sure i could have in good faith have chosen a really awful Beatles song that i never want to hear but but um, but again i could yeah we could have yeah we could have done that we could have, <laughs> yeah you can do that for just about anybody i think yeah, yeah. of course Sure. Anybody who's had a certain number of hits, there's always going to be a clunker or what we would consider a clunker right. among yeah, the bunch anyway. Right. It's just, you know, just the odds, really. Yeah, it's true. All right. Well, well, God, we we have talked for a very long <laughs> yeah, time. I'm sure Tyson about, yeah, he's like, about um, a lot of bad, bad music. Yeah. <laughs> so. Our producer Tyson's like, geez, when are we leaving this? Tyson's right. left the room, I think. Right. Actually. Yeah. He's long gone. <laughs> Well, I, I want to. All right. Uh, well, since this is the podcast, I want to. Say, I want to thank you, Melissa, for for eleven great years at the AJC, and good luck at oh, good, thanks, good luck at USA Today. You know, I'm I'm going to read your stuff, so for sure. Thank you. It's it. Uh, I'm going to miss doing this the most. Off, off, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Katie Kyle well, too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. My radio. My radio moments. My podcast moments. Uh. Yeah. So don't make me cry. <laughs> oh, I'm crying. <laughs> 
All right. Well, well, let's wrap it up. Thank you both uh, for talking bad music for, for <laughs> a very long time, which I, I'm, I'm always happy to talk about music, bad or good. So, you know, it's great to, uh, to do that. And uh, well, you'll sign Rodney up in the future to, to talk to. Oh, bad for music. sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we, we will, we will go on. Our heart will go on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, um, I don't know if you want to use a Titanic reference. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well thank hey, you. And, th and thank you guys, Tyson, Tyson, our producer. Thank you for always being yes. so great. Shane, it's always been so fun. And Rodney. I, I, I have loved every minute of it. I really have. It's true. It's, it's always a joy. So uh, with that, we'll sign off. Um, thanks, Melissa. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Rodney. <laughs> thank you, Shane. There is so much inherent joy in Girls 5 Eva. From the pitch-perfect skewering of 90s-era pop groups to the goofy charms of the now foursome who comprise the group, to the cheeky original songs layered with much snark and inappropriateness, the Peacock series is possibly the best new show of 2021. And the glossy sitcom was just renewed for a second season. Check out our story on the show and a couple more interesting music-related TV options on AJC.com. And stay tuned in the coming weeks for a podcast interview with one of the show's producers and songwriters, Jeff Richmond. This summer's travel season already seems to hold a more promising outlook with a new survey estimating a complete inverse of last year's numbers, in which more than 70% of Americans plan on taking a vacation in 2021. Those looking to safely break away for the season may be encouraged by recently updated travel guidance from the CDC, which clears more international destinations as low risk for vaccinated travelers. But while the world is almost your oyster again, don't forget about all the great vacation opportunities closer to home. Best of all, shorter travel distances may allow you to fit in more than one outing before the summer comes to an end. Go to AJC.com for our look at seven great escapes, all reachable within an hour and a half drive from the metro Atlanta area. Are retirement communities like high school? Queen Bees, a mostly sweet but occasionally tart comedy film shot in Atlanta, tries to answer that question with a resounding yes. The modestly budgeted movie, conceived and pitched by 34-year-old Sandy Springs producer Harrison Powell, was shot in Atlanta in 2018 and carries an impressive all-star cast, led by 88-year-old Academy Award-winning actress Ellen Burstyn. She plays Helen, a fiercely independent widow who reluctantly moves into a retirement community temporarily while her house is being renovated. Read Rodney Ho's story on the movie on the radio and TV talk blog at AJC.com. In the 1970s, Atlanta became a magnet for gay and lesbian transplants from elsewhere in the South, who came seeking a more accepting environment. That new demographic gave rise to two new phenomena, a vibrant gay rights movement and the proliferation of gay nightclubs offering elaborate shows by female impersonators. A new history of the period by Martin Padgett, mostly written while he was pursuing a Master of Fine Arts degree at the University of Georgia, follows a broad cast of characters, but focuses on two men, activist Bill Smith and drag artist John Greenwell. Bo Emerson talked to Padgett about the book, and you can find that interview on AJC.com. To get the AJC delivered or to subscribe to the e-paper, go to AJC.com slash subscribe. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AJC.com. The podcast is edited by Tyson Horn. The theme music is by Bo Emerson and Billy Guin, and I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta.